All right, so let's, let's get into this. You, you've, got a, you've got an outline. Matter of fact, if I just... Hey, thank you all so much. It's fixing to be a real interesting message. I was going, well, I had, I had an outline. LeBaron, come up here and close this thing in prayer. I just, okay, here it is. That hot topic deal. Here's what I want you to look right there. David Daniels, a pastor at Pentego Bible Church. What is racism? Prejudice, discrimination, antagonism against a people group perpetuated in a majority culture thinking their particular race is superior. Basically, we read and study in school and in life and have experienced and as I've talked to different people, they share their story, I share my story. We all have stories. We're a people of God. We have the story of God. We have the gospel. But as I think about different things today, I'm just thinking about what do we need to do because there's all this pain associated with racism and there's division, and there's hostility, and, and things that have separated, and, they, and this pushed people away from one another, and people have quit looking at the value, and the worth, and the character, and the content of another, and they begin to judge by skin color, or they begin to judge by uh, race, or they begin to judge by economic values, and educational, or lack of education, and, and we all, if we're really honest today, we're going to do communion at the end, because I thought we needed the Holy Spirit to check our hearts, we've all got some prejudices in our heart that we have to fight, and we go, Lord, I don't want to be like that, Lord, I want to be like you. What I do know is there's one Adam, and there's one Christ, and we all derive from Adam, and we all come from the same. And the, and the Lord's like, man, you, you've separated. What, what has happened? And as I was talking with friends this week, I just thought about I live in one of the most diverse cities. I live in a city that has a tremendous civil right value. So many things have come through here. Dr. Martin Luther King used to preach downtown right here in our own city. I think on and on about the stories that I could tell you, and some you know, and some you don't know, and and then, but then I just think, could we just address on the table that we have sinned and, and there's malices and there's issues and we have to just repent and confront those and bring those to the Lord and look past the color of each other's skin or whatever it is that's keeping us separated and just begin to do away with our prejudgments because what happens, we judge people all the time. Do we not, church? Well, man, they, they got an education. They don't. They live in that house, man. They drive a Yugo. They don't even have Yugos anymore, do they? Anyway, all right. <laughs> they didn't last long. <laughs> if you got one, forgive me. I mean, I want to see it after the service, okay? I mean, we, we just, you know, we have all these. Man, they got five kids. They got no kids. <laughs> they shouldn't have had kids. No, you don't think that, do you? I mean, you know, we, I mean, we're always making judgments. Like, man, those, you know, those people are doing this. Those people are doing that. Those people are smart. Those people are dumb. Just don't say it out loud, okay? Tony Evans. I've been following Tony Evans for my whole walk with Christ. I love, he was the first black pastor to ever get a, a, a doctorate from Dallas Theological Seminary. I've heard him at Promise Keepers. I've been to his church in Dallas. The man can preach, can I just tell you? And he's got a little girl, she's not too bad, Priscilla. We do our Bible studies around here. His son sang right here on the stage when they had the farewell tour for truth. But I love what he says. He says, in order to impact our society, we need to first model unity in the church of the living Christ. And we've got to learn how to get along and unify and become one under Jesus Christ. And then as I was researching and studying, of course, you've got to come back to 
Dr. King, and I've got a dream. I, just this little part. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation who will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. Is that not one of the most powerful speeches ever given? I mean, okay, we're going to trump Jesus over this, okay? It was incredible. And I love that. And as Dr. King spoke that, and his healing came in so many ways, and here we are in 2016, and we find that we've healed in some areas, and other areas we've stepped back, and, and now it's just craziness, anarchy. Lord Jesus, come and touch the church. Come and touch America. How many of you want God to heal America? I live here. You're like, you do? You live here. My grandkids are growing up in a broken nation. I want to see it return. As Dr. Evans says, we got to become the kingdom church. Because I remember when he said this or whoever said first, the most segregated hour, they always say, is at 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock or whatever time we meet. I love it when people just come together to worship the living Jesus. They say, Jesus, be exalted in our midst. Be exalted in this place. Lord, help us to do this. Over the years, I've, I've done pulpit swaps with other churches and uh, african-american they would come here and i would go there and we do different things and i think that's awesome and here i am today doing this but i'm just saying god i just want the church to be the church i just want us to be strong and i want us to be free and i want us to transcend whatever holds us apart and rise above the things that are holding us back lord but we've been intimidated long enough by an enemy and this enemy is not a person this enemy is the devil and how he unleashes through people. Don't turn to the person next to you and say, I think you're the devil incarnate. You've just thought that. They say, you've already judged him. Don't do that. I love what he goes on here that we didn't come, uh, God didn't come to distinguish between Baptists, Methodists, Pentecostals, Episcopalians, Pentecostals, or whatever. Jesus Christ came to take over and to rule and to reign as the sovereign, supreme king of life. Thank you, Jesus. I love it. Theologically, I pastor a community church. So that means we have many streams that converge into one mighty river. It is so fun. Now, theologically, behind doors, sometimes we have some discussions, and I go, seminary didn't teach me about you. And you're saying, but I didn't learn about you either. <laughs> and we learn, and we just go, hey, is there common ground here? And we always find some common ground at the cross of Jesus. But hey, it's just, just the way it is, and it's, it's okay, and we can be one in the name of Christ. And, and Lord, whether we're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever, Baptist, Methodist, there's one thing that brings us together, and I love it, and it's the precious blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Christ that covers you and me. It's the one that makes me right for heaven. It's the one that makes me right for this life, to live a life that's worthy, a life that's pleasing, a life that honors the Lord. Now, I'm going to give you some things here, and somebody's fixing to get upset. So, man, let me just go ahead and tell you. Deal with it. I'm dealing with it. I was listening to this podcast of this guy that I love, and, man, he started talking about leading indicators that we might have some racism in us. And I've always prided myself. See, that's my problem when I pride myself. You know, when you, you say, I got so much pride. Jesus said, you need to go to the cross. And I pride myself at, Lord, you know, I'm this, I'm that. I got people, color. I, got, I didn't go out this Let me just tell you this. I did not go out this week and see if I could make some black pastor friends, okay? I already got them. They call me. 
I call them. We have lunch together. We fellowship. And I was sharing with some that I was going to preach on this today, and they went, do it. They go, I want to be their preacher, but i got to preach. I said, you probably ought to stay at your congregation today. And we just shared our hearts. But listen to some leading indicators. Just, you might write some of these down. You might not. Believing that your ethnicity is your default button, there might be just a little bit of racist in you. Number two, stereotyping minority cultures. Anytime we make a generalization where we stereotype another, we're in trouble. Frequently using a reference to race all the time. See, that's the other thing. I don't even know how to talk about this sometimes. I feel like I offend somebody. And can I just get this on the table? When we talk about race, reconciliation, races, whatever, we're just going to offend one another one time, and let's find some forgiveness in Jesus. Because sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to say. Did I just upset you? Did you just upset me? And I go, I just loved you. And they go, I love you. And we get over it. Is that okay, church? Is that good for everybody, church? Somebody's like, I love this message. Some of you are like, I don't even like you right now. Sometimes we're just ignorant. We just don't understand one another. I think that's what I'm learning more about anything. I just, I've never walked in the shoes of, of another person. They never walked in my shoes. I want to hear your story. This week, I talked to one of my good friends in this church that I love so much. I pray for him. He prays for me. Very successful. And he shared some of the stories that he's had to experience growing up and overcoming. And I had no idea. And I already loved him. Now I'm just thinking, man, you're like, there's Jesus, Paul, and there you are right there with him, you know. Just overcoming. It's part of it. Here it is, telling blatant jokes about one another. Just picking on each other's races and telling jokes. You're saying, okay, you can stop now. Here it is. Here's one you might be a racist. The lack of relationship with people of other colors. You just, do you have any friends that are different than you? Seven, you impulsively jump to conclusions without truth coming to the light. Boy, I'm a preacher, and this thing gets me in trouble. Sometimes I make judgments. Can anybody else raise your hand because I don't feel so naked and out here by myself? Can anybody else say that? Does anybody else jump to conclusions without getting all the facts? Okay, well, we'll have lunch this afternoon. That's good. Here's one you know you're in trouble when you go, I'm not a racist, but. I hear that one all the time. I, I, I'm not this, but, and you fill it in. Well, you know, you probably got to look. Here it goes. Racist is one that defends their own race, and they don't defend others. Hmm. And here it is. Any conversations about race are already made up in your mind. You're not open to what God might speak through his spirit of, of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So I, I remember as I was studying through this, this one article I was reading, there was a song years ago, Why Can't We All Be Colorblind? You know, at the surface, I thought, man, that's kind of cool. And I've even made that comment. I'm just telling you, man, I'm, you know, I'm a white pastor and a pastor of interdenominational multi-ethnicity church. And I thought that was a good statement. And then the more I got to studying about it, I thought, that's a stupid statement. Because the reality is, God created us different, and I need to recognize the differences in other people. And they need to recognize differences in me, and we need to celebrate our differences. Isn't that cool, church? You're saying, I'm going to watch out what I say when I talk to you. You're going to, like, judge it. No, I'm not going to judge it. I'm, I'm just a student. I'm just studying. I'm just learning about God's Word, about reconciliation. I, when I was a part of the Big Promise Keepers movement, when it was filling stadiums, we, we talked a lot about this, and we were trying to say, God, how can you heal our land? How can you heal our country? And, Lord, I want to see the things that you see, and I, I want to not judge one another. And, and Lord, I, I just want to focus. But I know this sin is relentless, and sin just keeps wearing you and me out, and it judges us, and it makes it hard. Even in this very state that I grew up in, there was a man that was the governor 
His wife was governor. He was powerful and ruthless and stood in the doors of the University of Alabama and would not let black men and women come to that school and, it was, and said horrible things. It was horrific. Then he ran for president in 1972, and then he was shot. But what you don't know about the end of his life he repented of those sins and realized that he had sinned greatly against humanity and against people of color. Because I know the trooper that was on detail that took care of Governor Wallace at the end, and he would always say, can the Lord forgive me of my great sin? And I would say, absolutely. The blood of Jesus can cover all sin. How many believe that today, church? So we got to go, well, okay, well, I didn't know about that. So we repent. Let's look at Acts. Can you turn over to the chapter of Acts? Because this is kind of interesting. We're talking about racism today. You're like, well, is he going to talk about God's word? You know, he's been praying. He's been doing this. Well, look here. This is kind of interesting. You, you probably never thought about racism from this point. But when you really go back there, the Genesis says we're created in the image of God. So we're all created in the image of our Father. And we all have an Adamic Adam nature. That's a sin nature. When we're born again, we get to participate and we get to embrace and have the Christ nature and, and the spirit versus the flesh. But here in Acts 10, if you go all the way down to verse 28 and following, Peter has a vision. He's over at Cornelius' house. And it's a fascinating story what happens here. Peter is in Joppa doing ministry. He says, send for Simon down at Joppa's house to get Peter. And Peter's praying on top of the house and the blanket lowers and there's these unclean animals, and he says, kill and eat. And Peter argues with the voice. He argues with the Lord. If I made it not unclean, then it's not unclean. And he, so he, here's this whole thing. You've got this whole race thing. Jew and Gentile, they're pinned against each other. Circumcised, uncircumcised. So when I read Scripture, I realize they've been battling races for a long time. And this morning, I don't know about you, if you're not a Jew this morning, you are a... Aren't you glad that the Gentiles got grafted into the body of Christ? I am. And you ought to be. So they, they're, they're having these battles. And, and, and so you see, for the, for the Gentile, it was like they were outside. The Jews were inside the temple. But the Gentiles were out. They were an outsider looking in. That's what racism does. There's an inside. There's an outside. We look. We judge. We predetermine. We judge one another. God says, I want to do away with that. I died to reconcile people with me through my son. I died to reconcile you. Uh, Ephesians 2, 11. I, I could go through this whole story. I just want you to read Acts 10. It's just a fascinating. Just move over to uh, verse 45 there in 10, though. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And then Peter said, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they may be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. You see that whole battle there? They're battling one another over circumcision or who can be saved and who can or if you could be saved, you know, Jesus plus whatever. We've talked about that before. But over in the second chapter of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul speaking, 
He says this, Therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and they are called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by the human hands, remember that the time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope, without God in the world. But now, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And can you say a big amen there? And can I just ask another question? Is it hot as Hades in this room? Are y'all hot? Is it the subject matter I'm preaching making me hot? I'm sweating like a pig right now. Yeah, that's probably not a good word talking about Jews, is it? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Let's go on. I just want to go ahead and get over it because like, I'm just sitting there. I'm, I'm drenched right now going, Jesus, help the boy. He just turned the lights down a little bit. Thank you so much. That helps. See, I got these lights on my face. You, I know some of you are like, I wish you'd turn them off. All right, here we go. No, don't, don't turn them off. Leave them on. Okay, here. The video would be horrible if you do. Verse 14, for he himself, Jesus, is our peace who has made the two groups one. He's destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself, listen to this, create in himself one new humanity, one new man. God in Christ created one. Can you all say one with me? One. God created one out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. God has put to death our differences, our sin, our hostility. If we realize who we are in Christ, and you go, Lord, thank you for that hope, hostility, enmity against. You know, when he's calling these uh, He's calling these Gentiles, they would call them dogs. Dogs is a derogatory uh, term, okay? Sometimes we call each other, you know, different races. We, we call each other different names sometimes, and it's just, it's not fitting. It's certainly not fitting for a believer. It's not fitting for anybody. The, the Jew that would not go into the house if a Gentile touched the food. That's how racist they were. Like, man, if y'all touch it, it's going to be unclean. There was, there was a great dividing wall between the Jews and the Gentiles. There was something called the courts of the Gentiles. And there was a dividing wall. And literally the Jews could enter and there in the inscription on the dividing wall in the temple. For a Gentile to enter, it meant the penalty of death. I mean, there was great division. There was a chasm. I'm grateful for the cross this morning, church. I'm glad we get to come by the way of Jesus and we're not separated. Because a lot of times if we're not careful, we just go, you ain't like me, I ain't like you, I don't like you, or whatever. That's not Jesus. Jesus died to unite our hearts. And here's this hostility and God says, I'm rich in mercy and I want to forgive you. And earlier in Ephesians, God says, and you are my workmanship. You're my beautiful masterpiece of grace. The person that sits right next to you. On both sides. They're masterpieces of the Father's grace. They're made in the image of the Father. Christ died for them, just like he died for you, to exclude them from citizenship in the kingdom or whatever is just wrong. And God says, I want you to overcome this. Through the blood of Christ, I have destroyed the barrier, the wall that divides of hostility, that they might be one, one man, one person, new. Christ Work destroys 
nullifies the barriers that separate us. So when you watch newscasts and social media and all the things that are going to come on for the next days and weeks and months or years, I just want you to know that Christ is overall and he wants to come and to set the record straight. and He wants to do something new where we've been separated. So what can be done to promote harmonious relationships in the body of Christ in our world? Well, get ready to fill it in with me. Racial reconciliation requires the acknowledgement that differences exist. Just simply acknowledge we're different. We, we see things, we have a, a different lens, we have some biases, we have some prejudices if we're really real. Secondly, racial reconciliation requires unity. We have to determine in our hearts that, Lord, I want to be unified with others through Christ. Third, racial reconciliation will always require effort. It will take hard work for us to come together as God intends. Racial reconciliation requires a changed heart. And the place that I find that is the heart is through the love and the relationship we have with Jesus Christ. So let's look in this colored box, truths to celebrate. Things that we can uh, hopefully agree on this morning. Number one, supreme value of every human being. Supreme, made in the image of God sanctity the beauty of life whatever it is they are a human being they're valuable they're valued third or secondly affirm the dignity of all people being around others of diversity it's just beautiful regardless of what it whatever it is that separates us we decide that we want to mature that we want to grow thirdly move toward people not like me here's what i've learned we all, if we're honest, for the most part, we tend to want everybody to look like us, to act like us, to spit like us. That's gross. Uh, to, the, we just want people to be like us. And I think the body of Christ is about diversity, and God wants us to move toward people that aren't like us. We don't just drift toward homogeny, toward being homogenous, toward being alike. We kind of repel that. And I think it's time for the body of Christ saying, Let's move toward one another. Let's learn. Let's, let's grow with each other. Diversity, reconciling. And then, let's just face it, we live in Montgomery. You that are new today, welcome to Montgomery, Alabama. Some of you are going, oh my goodness, what have I moved to? A wonderful city. We have a pro baseball team. Uh, we, we have the lake. We have so many things. We have culture. Sometimes we we have all kind. Of, I love this city. I, I kind of love hate it. I, I, I'm a resident here. I've lived here all my life, so I can kind of do that. But I love this place. It's a great place. But it's full of diversity. It's just who we are. But can we learn to celebrate that differences are beautiful? How about that church? How about that church? I tell you what. I, I got to get off this hot topic series. Y'all don't talk back to me. Last week nobody would look at me. It was a but you came back this week. Glory to God. This weekend I preach about it. Let me just go ahead and tell you what I'm preaching about next week. I cannot wait. The Holy Spirit. It's going to be awesome. And somebody will probably get up something about that. Okay, here we go. Look at the next one. We are family together. We are. We're the family of faith. We're the family of God. Relationships define us. Our relationship with Abba. Our relationship with each other. In a few weeks, we're going to have movie night here. It's in the worship guide. I beg you to invite people, all color, races, 
economic, whatever, just invite people to come. It's an amazing film about apologetics. It'll encourage your faith. It's free. We're going to have drink and popcorn. It's just going to be fun. We did it last time. We had a few hundred people show up. It's just coming up at the end of the month. You ought to come. It's just, we're family. We want to be together. Ephesians 3, 14 and 15. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Every family derives its name from the name of Jesus, created in his image. And as I said earlier, there is the reality that we have an enemy, and he comes to divide, and he comes to destroy. And he hopes to cancel out the witness of Christ, but he can't, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's the power of Jesus. So we're not going to perpetuate hatred and division and strife and envy or whatever. We want to perpetuate the gospel. I want you to write down one thought today. If you've not written down anything or if you've written down a lot of stuff, I want you to write down this key thought. This is, this is the best thing I'm going to say all day. The gospel heals. The gospel of Jesus. The gospel of grace. It's the only thing I know that'll heal. It'll heal my sinful, broken, tattered, messed up heart, and it'll do the same for you regeneration, being one in Christ, revealing the truth of the kingdom, going for what Christ has, realizing that he is consistent, realizing that he is life. Lord, I want to trust you. Now, I want to say this one little thing if I haven't been controversial enough. <laughs> um, I don't totally understand this. I've, I've read, I've studied, I've talked to people about it, uh, you know, and, but I just wanted to go ahead and say it today, the whole thing, Black Lives Matter, and they Oh, my goodness. And, and some things are happening that people thought they needed to say that. And I read a, an interesting article this week from InterVarsity. InterVarsity is a collegiate ministry that disciples young men and women. Has anybody here ever been in the IV ministry on your co university campus? Okay. Well, they're, they're, they're popular around the country. And they, I was reading this article, and they were so strong in that. And, they, and, and so it really got me thinking about this. But I'll, at the same time, I want to say this. But all lives matter, too. Would you agree, church? Lives matter, but we have differences. We, we, we have things that have drawn us apart, and we just got to get in conversation and go, hey, I, I, I don't want you to, uh, you know, I might be critical. I don't need to. I want to step into a multi-ethnic conversation, and if that means I offend you, please forgive me. If you offend me, I forgive you. Let's, let's just talk. Let's just be the body of Jesus. I, I, I just think it's time for reconciliation to be an expression of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen, church? Like this morning, I just got to tell you, I've hugged so many people. Nobody hugged me now. I don't blame you because I did take a shower, but I don't look like it now. But like I just walk up to everybody, man, I'm hugging them. They're hugging me. You know, I just, I look at our city and I see all the challenges we have. All I know is, man, we got to figure out how to come together and we got to be the light of Jesus and we've got to shine the light on our city. Amen? And all this so-and-so's got a stand. So-and-so's got an agenda. Man, I don't have an agenda. Well, I do have an agenda. I have a gospel agenda. I want to see us come to the foot of the cross of Calvary. One of my big regrets is Sherwood Cawthon didn't get to come preach at Christ Community in our city because I want my brother to come here and preach. And I'm just telling you, church, I want our church to be the church. And I'm going to give you this great scripture, man. I, I get so excited every time I read the scripture and I thought, God, this is what i got to end on today. Revelation 7, 9. Here it is. Please let it come up right there. Because 
There it is. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. Is that the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ? That every tribe, every tongue, every people group that will bow the knee and confess Jesus Christ is Lord will come together one day in the heavens. Hallelujah. I'm excited about that. But you know what? We're living here now. And I want us to learn how we can do that. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to bow our heads and have a time of confession to the Lord before we take the Lord's Supper. Let's, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, this has been a subject that I pray will just study scriptures and seek your face and ask for your heart on all things as we always do. And Lord, I pray that we won't look at the color of our skin or whatever separates us, but we'll say, Lord, would you heal me? Would you heal the person next to me? Would you heal our hearts? Would you heal our church? Would you give us a new walk? Would you cause us to think things differently? Would you put us in step with the gospel this morning? Lord, maybe today, if people are honest, they might go, deep in my heart, I've tucked away some racism, some sin, and I ask you, Holy Spirit, to search my heart and to reveal to me where I have sinned against another, where I've sinned against you. And would you make my heart clean today? Lord Jesus, I pray that you would bring us to the table of grace today and that we would participate in the bread, the broken body of Christ, and we would take the shed blood and we would receive it and we would be forgiven.